Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. And again, and again, Northlanders, that uh, forecast has been upgraded, and you are going to continue to see light snow in the uh, Twin Ports area up until maybe 3 o'clock, and then it will get partially clear. So it's been it's going to be a little bit more snow than what we had. Yeah, first light thought. snow anyway. continues to fall in downtown Duluth, Brad. <laughs> uh, my goodness, 21 right now at Sky Harbor Airport, 21 on the air temp, east wind at 16 and gusting to 26 and the light snow continues and they're saying two to four inches total out of this system here for the areas uh, around Duluth here that are getting accumulating snow. Wow. Yeah. Well, we knew it was potentially going to happen and, you know, it can happen up till, what did we say about the middle of May? Usually, we after that, we're not going to get any real yeah. depths of snow. On yeah. average, May sees about a half an inch of snow, uh, but you never know. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me. Uh, I'm going to ask you to fill in the headline here, Kenny. This is from the Duluth News Tribune this morning, okay? All right. Warm temperatures, little snow means likely early start to this season. What are they referring to? I give up. What? <laughs> Wildfires. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, no laughing matter, Brad. No, it's not. snowpack, it's really not. you know, can uh, be such a big factor in at least keeping them at bay uh, late into the season. So ooh, we need snow for that reason. Well, they, they showed uh, a potential map of above normal risks of wildfire and everything north of maybe 30 miles uh, from Minneapolis-St. Paul, north, everything in the state is in high uh, potential for wildfires all the way across northern Wisconsin into uh, northern Michigan. And, and even down as far south as into the first part of Iowa, down about as far as Sioux City, Iowa, and across. I mean... It, it has been so dry and so little snow that it is way above normal this spring to uh, uh, for potential well, for wildfires. And remember last year, we had to deal with all that smoke from those Canadian yeah. wildfires. And maybe there were some western states that had issues with fires. And uh, we want to avoid that this year. So let's hope that it just rains and never stops raining. That It can't burn well, if it's not, if it doesn't stop raining. If it, yeah, but yeah. you're absolutely right. But they quoted a couple of people in this story. Nick uh, Petrick, who's a fire, uh, forest fire management staff officer from the uh, Superior and Chippewa National Forest, said the lack of snow means the state's fire season will likely begin in March, a month earlier than normal. And he said that we are advancing training of firefighters and planning for the season now is in a crunched into a tighter time frame. So how we can prepare for it is no different than how we can prepare for anything, but we're going to advance the training and preparedness for uh, fighting wildfires about a month ahead of schedule. Well, that's they, interesting. They talked, yeah, because they talked about, well, they said there's a 40 to 50% chance of warmer than norther, normal patterns but equal chances of below or above normal levels of precipitation. So, you know, 
doesn't sound good. Well, it's interesting uh, because today is the 80th anniversary, Brad, of Smokey the Bear. Oh, we love Smokey the Bear. Are you doing Smokey? Well, yeah. Um, him, yeah. Let's see. Uh, do Only I have you can prevent forest fires? Yeah, 1944, Brad, an American campaign uh, to um, uh, help people uh, become aware of uh, the dangers of forest fires, if you will. Uh, but uh, Smokey the Bear, 80 years old today, and uh, let's hope we get uh, some good snow uh, here. Brad, we still got, well, the rest of this month, another week. Well, no, not even. Uh, next and Wednesday March, is the 29th you can get or Thursday. a lot of snow. Yeah. Next Thursday is the, the last day of the month, and you're right. And uh, we'll wait and see what happens in March, but March can be a very snowy month for us. Can be a very And snowy. April. And, and listen, I don't want to take exception to that young lady that called that was a great caller, by the way, but sometimes making light of issues is the only way some people pay attention to it, if you know what I mean. For example, I'll give you a perfect example. What was, if you had to come up and think of one commercial during the Super Bowl that stuck with you, what was it? Me? Yeah. Well, I I, I, I don't know what was it. (laughs) Did I miss the memo here? Well, I'll tell you I, what okay, I, the, the Arnold you, Schwarzenegger one. That's the one. Yeah. And and why? Because Arnold couldn't say Nabal. Nabal. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. I'm surprised they let but, him do that without shaving first. I thought, come on, Arnold, get a razor. <laughs> hey, he's getting old. He's <laughs> well, relaxing. Okay. He's kicking right. back. You know? All right. <laughs> no, but sometimes you use lightheartedness and you hope that the message gets there because you might you might ignore the message altogether if it's done you know so matter of factly oh, well this is uh, but that was that was lighthearted and the same with this i think it was maybe an all-state commercial or some one of the one of the uh car commercials anyway they were advertising that don't eat your breakfast cereal and drive down the highway with a gallon of milk on the council don't do your homework from school or don't do your office work and send the papers flying out the window when you should be paying attention to driving. So, anyway. So, what? there was another uh, interesting story, by the way, that I saw in today's... Uh, you know, we're trying here in Duluth to uh, advance the cruise ship industry. We want to do big time with the cruise ship industry. So today in today's Duluth News Tribune, there was a, and if you don't, if you haven't seen it yet, try to get a hold of a copy or go online um, because the Duluth News Tribune isn't here in Duluth anymore anyway. It's over in Brainerd somewhere. Investing in cruise industry, promising payoff for Duluth. And the story was basically talking about the new uh, Minnesota Slip Seawall and what they expected to look like. There was an artist's rendering uh, kind of next to the uh, uh, the ore boat that's on display there. That's the museum. They're kind of they're redoing that whole area right there so that cruise ships can kind of pull in there. And they're talking. They talked in the story about the fact that uh, already there are more than four thousand cruise ship passengers that visited that visit Duluth annually. 
I didn't know it was that big because it's only been a few years that they've kicked it back in. But evidently, even those, even that first 4,000, directly pour in nearly 600,000 into the local coffers. With that economic input projected to climb to 8 million or more uh, a year after year, uh, the Duluth investment, uh, or the, the, the economy, the Duluth industry, as Duluth Economic and Development Authority is looking at uh, the fact that they've, they've already uh, got approved 74,100 to plan dredging work in, the, in front of the Duluth Entertainment Convention Center so deep draft ships can safely and conveniently dock there uh, near a new shoreside U.S. Customs and Border Patrol facility. Right now, cruise ships have to anchor away from shore with passengers inconveniently ferried to our docks by tender boats. That having, uh, that having to anchor and ferry passengers makes Duluth less attractive to cruise ship operations. Now, I, I don't think you're going to see like Virgin Atlantic or any of those big time operations come cruising in here with ships carrying 10, 12,000 people. But if you can up the size of the cruise ships and you get them in here on a regular basis, you know, the Lake Superior uh, area is a wonderful cruise to go on down through St. Locks and all around there. You know, you could end up down in Chicago. Cruise ships once thrived on the Great Lakes with more than 30 lines in operations at one time. So this is going to be a, a big thing. It, uh, the, the importance of that project by the deck there, the deepening of the harbor and redoing the, uh, the landing and the border patrol and everything else in that area is expected to cost about $724,000. <clears> Dredging is a really key component uh, of doing that, uh, said Tricia Hobbs, a senior econ economic planner for the city and head of the uh, Duluth Tourist Collaborative. Uh, cruise ships, uh, they're bigger than they used to be. Um, the, you know, and I'll tell you what, you're not going to get, like I said, you're not going to get those that ply the Caribbean probably, but with fewer than 400 passengers, most serve a more affluent and adventurous clientele. So they may be smaller, but you're probably going to get... Uh, you know, pretty interesting uh, people coming in that are going to spend money on tourism here. They're going to stay in hotels. They're going to eat at the restaurants. And uh, so Duluth is stepping up, looking at that as an area where they can improve some uh, quality of uh, people coming into the Twin Ports area. So I, I like that. I think that's a good idea. Now, um, okay, what did I, oh, uh, <clears throat> Another thing that wasn't good, however, was the city was talking about, uh, again, in a story today in today's Duluth News Tribune, talking about how much money the city of Duluth is paying out on lawsuits uh, for things that have happened. And they refer to uh, one that was the the officer, you remember seeing the footage of it in the skywalk where they came up to a, an individual that was intoxicated and he was causing a little bit of a ruckus. <clears throat> and uh, 
They wanted to handcuff him, and he wasn't going to get up. He wasn't going to move. They finally did get handcuffs on him, uh, and then they moved him, but they dragged him down the hall. I think the guy's name was Brandon Houle, and the city has now proposed sending $90,000 to paid to Brandon Houle in light of an incident that occurred at about 1030 on May twentieth, 2017. Houle, who was homeless and intoxicated, um, was told to leave or face trespassing charges. He refused and was handcuffed. Now, see, we can get into a dispute about should we be paying him anything? He was told to leave. He didn't want to leave. In fact, he he told police officers at the time, and they had it on camera. I ain't going to make it easy for you guys, Houle reportedly told officers. But one of the officers dragged him by the handcuffs, and when they got to the doorway, there was a post there, and his head banged into the doorway, and uh, he filed charges and said that he had suffered a traumatic brain injury and injuries to his wrists requiring emergency room treatment. I hope there was proof of that, and if there was, then we probably owe him something. But anyway, that was one of the lawsuits. And then they talked about how much uh, the city is paying out on uh, on other cases. For example, there's this huge case that was started by uh, the folks out at Moline Manufacturing, LLC, and Glass Merchants, Inc., uh, Walsh Windows, that filed uh, um, a class action suit against the city of Duluth for the stormwater rates that they're being charged. And I'll tell you what, we're going to take our first break, and then when we come back, I'll tell you what this lawsuit encompasses and how this could be a major cost effect for the city of Duluth. So we're going to take our first break here, and then we'll come back. Updates brought to you by Lady O'Collins Emporium, 31 West Superior Street, a place of magic in downtown Duluth. 722-2240. 722-2240. That's Lady O'Collins Emporium. KDAL time is 129, 21 degrees with light snow at Duluth Sky Harbor Airport. And Brad, I can tell you this, looking out of the window at KDAL here, the light snow is like really light. Like it's so barely it's even snowing. Off. Uh, let's okay. take a look at the weather radar and uh, see what's going on there. And there is still some light snow. Oh, boy, it really is starting to taper off. Uh, so this is going to uh, end here soon, and then we're going to see some sun, perhaps, partly sunny skies is now the forecast for the Twin Ports. And then tonight, mostly clear. Uh, we're going to be cold tonight. We're going to be around 10 degrees tonight near the lake. And then tomorrow, Saturday, mostly sunny, breezy, and we might see 40 degrees tomorrow at Canal Park. But again, we're going to have some stiff winds out of the southwest. You know what my uh, lovely wife, Catherine, is doing right now? Uh, Does it include pie? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's upstairs watching our granddaughter, who is at the Naval Academy, diving on ESPN. That's pretty cool. That really is cool. Yeah. And you can watch her. You know, when I went up there for the last break... She was sitting on a towel on the side. She had just finished one of her dives, and she has her cell phone, and she's texting, and you can see the text coming on to her grandmother's phone where she's saying, yeah, Grandma, that was a pretty good dive. 
You know, Brad, I got to tell you, the text line has been pretty active this morning. There's just a lot of things coming across. But one thing in particular, and, you know, it it made me kind of think. And, you know, we were talking about these incidents up on Skyline and the accidents. And somebody brought up a scenario that, you know, the state of Minnesota, Brad, is allowing illegals to get driver's licenses. Yeah. What kind of driving skills do they have? And and what kind of education have they had on driving? Maybe none. Now we're hearing that oh, they still have to have insurance. Okay, but what kind of driving skills do they have? And if you've got somebody from oh, I don't know, dare I say Mexico, they make their way up to Duluth from Laredo and they get a driver's license. Yeah, what kind of skills do they have? <laughs> Maybe not the kind that I want to see on the road, if you know what I'm saying. No, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And and I look at, look, we, we I think both you and I pretty much agree, Kenny, on this issue, that this illegal immigration issue is going, has the potential, without a doubt, to be the deciding factor in this year's presidential election. And I think Biden has finally gotten that message a little bit, too, and is just trying to figure out how can I do something that will appease the undecided voters, the independent voters, and maybe even a few of those uh, conservative voters that might not vote for Trump without offending my own base? How can I make it look like I'm concerned about the border? Because... Every poll that comes out says this is a huge issue. And, and Kenny, you're absolutely right. When I looked at a couple of stories I found this morning, listen to these. How, who in the world comes up with the idea that when, when an illegal immigrant breaks our law, sneaks across our border, and the governor of Texas puts him on a bus and ships him up to Boston, let's say, who come up with the idea that the Boston taxpayers have to pay these illegal immigrants $16 for breakfast, $17 for lunch, and $31 for dinner as they live in hotels okay. for free All right. after entering. Good, good point, Brad. Here's what I would say to that. If Governor Abbott is paying attention, he'll say, okay, well, that seems like a good place to go. Here's more. Yeah, exactly. Put some more on a bus. They love paying There them. is a breaking point here, Brad. And these people that are adopting these policies are fools. They really are. I mean, the same one in Chicago. The estimated costs for migrant care in Chicago, $7,000 per person per month. Again, this Chicago. is this is unsustainable, Brad. There's a breaking point here. I think we're on Certainly the cusp is. of that right now. Well, I know we are. Yeah, I agree. Well, in, in fact, this story out of Chicago says Chicago is on the brink of a humanitarian crisis. Let's have immigration, they, they Brad. Afford. Let's have an immigration talk. We're talking about illegal immigration. We're talking about an open border. Yeah. We're talking about not controlling who comes and goes from our country. And when they come here, what do we do? We turn around and give them a $10,000 paid up uh, uh, 
instant cash card. That will perpetuate the problem. Why wouldn't you come here? Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine Jose getting here and they give him a $10,000 cash card? He's going to call his buddies on his government giving him cell phone down in uh, Laredo or wherever the heck he's from. Say, hey, you guys aren't going to believe this. Come across the border, get on a bus, and come on up here. They're giving us $10,000 cash cards. And just make sure you tell them that you're seeking asylum. Yes. Yes. It's tragic, Brad. It's a tragedy. They're being mean to you where you are. Yes. And you had the story earlier on at the start of the program, really, about the fentanyl issue that we have. And we know that this border is a source of a lot of this fentanyl coming into the uh, U.S. Yeah. Sickening. And, you know, you don't have to even go that far. There's a story out of Minneapolis this morning. Uh, Two guys that have, you know, I don't know know what the deal is, but they've lived together for a long time in Minneapolis. I think just for convenience sake, they they own a house together. Uh, Jeff Memenga and John Liedolt shared this story with Alpha News in Minneapolis. They have... Their neighborhood has gone to H-E double hockey sticks in a handbasket in Minneapolis. Here's what they said originally. We loved it at first. We loved living in Minneapolis. We loved the neighborhood, but it has changed so much. We don't feel any public safety, and that should be a basic civil right, but we don't have that. The home sits less than two miles from the former third precinct, that was surrounded by a mob during the George Floyd incident and just stepped away from their own neighborhood destruction. That was the gas station that burned, Mamanga said, pointing to what used to be the Shell gas station. More than three years later, the scars run deep. And these guys have been put upon, they've been harassed. There's bullet holes in the window and part of the house in a Subtle reminder of what a couple of calls on open-air drug markets that have taken on over the blocks. They lived on the corner by 29th and Lake in Minneapolis. And they have now tried, they've put their house up for sale because they say, you know, we just can't, we can't do it anymore. We, we can't live. To be honest, they crap in our backyard. Needles are everywhere. Prostitution happens. Anyway, we'll we'll continue on this uh, story when we come back after our CBS News, but we got a break for that. KDAL time is 141, 21 degrees at Sky Harbor Airport. Light snow is falling still, Brad. Winds are out of the east at 14, and uh, the snow is starting to taper off here. It's still coming down pretty good right now, but this is the end of it. So we're looking basically uh, west of Homestead Road up the North Shore there. And uh, the bulk of the snow is starting to shrink. But we still have some good snow coming down here in the western part of Duluth, Proctor, Superior. um, And we're going to see an end to it here shortly, though. The Wild on tonight? The Wild. uh, Wild hockey is tonight, 8 o'clock. On 710. 8 o'clock. Okay. Yeah, 8 o'clock, 710 a.m., the game. They're playing Edmonton tonight, I believe. They're playing Edmonton, and we do have Bulldog hockey here tonight, 
And tomorrow night, Bruce Siski with the call. Both of those Bulldog games, by the way, we're going to have Timberwolf basketball to follow joined oh, yeah, joined busy, in progress. Busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, listen, this show is called Sound Off. We let our listeners sound off, and we got a couple of them on the phone here we want to get to. First up is uh, Dan from Wrenchall. Uh, Dan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Brad. What do you want to talk about? You tell me. Well, you know, I've been thinking, I, I, I've i talked about this uh, Judge and Gorin issue so long that I don't know that there's much left to say other than I think this ruling against Trump is absolutely insane. Oh, okay. Well, we he needs these things to happen because it helps more people, you know, want to vote for him because they know how corrupt the, you know, the, the Democratic Party is and using the courts to try to sabotage him. But, you know, uh, I'll jump to Skyline Boulevard. Emily closed down part of Skyline to allow bikers and walkers to go up there for a while, and then they opened it up to cars again, which sometimes creates problems. But um, yeah. it's a dangerous place to walk. You know, uh, it's a beautiful place to walk. But there's not a lot of space there for cars and people and bikes. And so they have to make up their mind. Do they want it for cars or do they want it for people and bikes? You know, and, and so uh, eventually you're going to have to make make a decision on that. And, you know, with Mexico and, and them stopping uh, immigrants from coming by, by Texas, <clears throat> of course, they're going to go to Arizona and California, but... Oh yeah, government. Yeah, they're doing our it. Government is, our government is paying Mexico now. We're taking taxpayers' money, and we're giving it to the Mexican government to delay uh, people from coming over. Did you know that? Well, I've read some stories. I don't know what to believe and what not to believe, Dan. But I've read some stories that we're actually sending money to South American countries to try to improve their economic conditions so the people will stay there instead of coming up north. Yeah, you know, God help us, uh, American citizens. We're really struggling, you know. Everything's going up. My, you know, I've got a old beater car. I don't even drive the thing except in the summer for kayaking. And, and the insurance, the, the tags keep going up and up and up. Sure. You know, the cost oh, yeah. of license, your driver's license is going up. I'm sure the illegals, they get free driver's license probably. You know, the taxpayers, we're getting bent over the Buick really bad. And I don't even know if we can make it to November. I don't know if we can make it that long. And God help us if in November Trump doesn't get in. If they cheat again, if the crime family does their thing again, uh, we're going to, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe that's why they want to take our guns away. They're worried about that. <laughs> that. That's not a bad idea, because if you. we get if we get really hot and riled up, you don't know what's going to happen. Well, that's that's you know we can make fun of it, but that's why governments do take the citizens' guns away from them. They want to make sure that if the if people get upset with the government, they don't have a legitimate way to overthrow the government. And our government, when they when our government was formed originally, we made the Second Amendment the 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 Second Amendment to the Constitution. It was that important that our forefathers said, 
look, we know how we beat off, uh, you know, the British government and how we got our independence. We were able to rise up against them and throw them off. We well, we did have an issue here with Brad again, losing that connection. Uh, real quickly, I'm going to go back to the phones here. We'll get that restored. But uh, Kim from Bayfield. Kim, you've been holding for a while. Yeah. Um, well, I just wanted to talk about those licenses about six months ago, maybe. Oh, no, the in, the uh, illegals getting driver's licenses from the state of Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're doing it in Colorado, in Illinois, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania. And what I heard about Michigan and Pennsylvania is what they're going to do with absentee ballots is send an absentee ballot to anybody who has a state ID. There you go. Yeah. That's uh, so. You can think about that. How many people? Are, how many of these free IDs are they given? That that's the whole deal is to give them the vote. It has nothing to do with driving or anything. It's all also they can get an ID for voting. Thank you, Kim. I uh, hate any okay. snow in Bayfield uh, where you're at this morning. Yeah, they had some. They had some uh, it's uh, I, w- I was liking it with no snow, but now we've got about a half an inch. <laughs> you know, but it's okay. going to go away. I'm sure in the day. Thanks, but, Kim. Uh, yeah, you bet. Bye. All right. Yeah, so there you go. Light snow around the Bayfield Peninsula area, or at least in the area where Kim is. And uh, But here in the Twin Ports, we've had several inches. When I say several, two, three, maybe four inches in some locations. Uh, we're going to have to wait to get those uh, totals going here. But, uh, again, we did have a communication uh, issue with Brad here. So we're going to take our Minnesota News Network break. It's that time. So let's do that and reestablish, and we'll be right back. KDAL time, one fifty-three. the final moments of the final show of this week of Sound Off. And Brad, the snow is tapering off. We're going to get out of this snow, uh, lake effect snow band that's been affecting us since about, oh, geez, about 6 a.m. this or a morning. Yeah. But uh, my goodness. And by the way, I wanted to mention, too, that we don't have any name for taps, I don't think. Well, we had agreed that we were going to mention the three officers, the two police officers and the one paramedic Thank from you. Burnsville that were killed. I'll get those names. Uh, I'll get those names. Okay. Okay. Very good. In the meantime, uh, we have Connie on the phone. We did have Kim on, and she uh, I know what she wanted to mention, but uh, we kind of lost her in connection. I think we've got Russians on, in the system of hacking us or something. No, Brad, I talked to Kim, and Kim said he made the claim that the illegals are getting driver's licenses so that they can vote. And I kind of think that's what Ah. Connie wants to comment on. Now, Connie from Willow River has called us a couple times before. Uh, Connie, are are you the one that was an election judge, I think? Yes, indeed. Yep. Okay, good. Uh, Yeah, and, and I do know, as a matter of fact, that uh, when, when people apply for their driver's license they don't have to they don't have to show anything that says that they're a um, citizen and when they register to vote they don't have to show anything that says that they're a citizen they just have to make wow. a statement and um, they have to show show proof of residency not only that but when an, uh, a new driver's license is issued, they're automatically put on the registration polls. We're going out of our way to make it real easy for people, aren't we? I know. Yeah. Now I don't know if they're doing that with the with the illegals, 
whether they're, you know, the driver's license that are being issued to them have some indication on them that they, these people are not citizens or whatever, or green, not even green card holders. But, yeah, it's out there. There's a bill before the legislature this year in Minneapolis uh, that's going to uh, make it okay for people that are homeless to vote. In other words, they don't have to show residency anywhere. They can just say, "Oh yeah, I got a, I have a tent over there by that third tree over Bush over in uh, Peyton Park or wherever it is." Yeah, that's a little risky. Yeah. That's a little scary. It sure is because look at the, the percentage of them that are uh, drug or alcohol impaired. Yeah, and they're voting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a oh. scary thought. Now, Connie, are you still doing election uh, judging? I would love to be able to, but my vision has declined so badly that I can't. Oh, sure, sure. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, keep calling us. We like having you call. Thanks. Okay. Oh, I listen all the time. All right. Thanks. Well, Kenny, uh, I wanted to finish this story real quick that I was doing, and we're running out of time here, so let me know when we have to go to break. Uh, for our uh, uh, for our taps, but these two people that are trying to move out of Minneapolis because of what has happened in Minneapolis and all the terror and the riots, the burning, they have a house listed that they've had listed for six months, and they've already had to drop the price of it over a hundred thousand dollars, and they they had it listed for what they thought it was worth. But they can't sell it for anywhere near what they thought it was worth because the area that they lived in Minneapolis has just gone to, as I said, H-E double hockey sticks. They can't they can't find anybody to buy it. They can't keep the price to where they have to get uh, to get the money out of it that they put into it. And they're just in a never ending uh, battle to to uh, move on. Anyway, well, that's folks, too bad, been... Bradley. And, you yeah. know, it's quite interesting because I know somebody personally that this has happened to uh, trying to sell his home in the metro area. And uh, it just the sale fell through more than once. He moved yep. and it's just not good. Brad, we're going to oh. go to taps. I've got Burnsville police officers Paul Elmstrand and Matthew Ruge and paramedic Adam Finseth and Adam Finseth was, in fact, a a veteran. He was a veteran for, uh, I believe he was Army. Yeah, Army. Yeah, Army Desert Storm. We'll do it again next Have a good weekend, folks. We'll be back at it Monday.